Welcome to Cornerstone Assembly of God's weekly sermon podcast. Thanks for joining us. You can head over to cornerstoneaog.com to find information on different ministries that we offer. Thank you for downloading. Now I think it's time we listen to this week's sermon. Father God, I ask you to allow your heart to be just shared with us today. Holy Spirit began to hover over this place in a mighty way as that river, as we prayed, just flows through this place right now. Spirit, break out of each individual here. Any hindrances of any kind, break out. Just hover right now, Holy Spirit. And I ask you, Father, to begin to speak your words under the anointing of the Holy Spirit into hearts and minds. Change them forever into your glory, into your ways, into your life, into the destiny and purpose that you have for them. Let them see, let them have spiritual vision to see who they really are in you. I break off in the name of Jesus the attacks of the enemy that say that you're a nobody. And I place on you the vision that God has for your life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, we've been, over the last several weeks, been talking about the heart. And um, a couple weeks back, we talked about how the heart of God is for you and how he loves you, and you can't get out of that love. Um, There's no way out unless you walk away. And then we talked about a little bit about the reason why most of us have problems is because we have walked away from that love. But God keeps pursuing us, and God isn't going to let you get too far. And he's always wooing and shepherding and pulling you back into that love. And that he gave us his Holy Spirit, and he pours his Holy Spirit in us, and he pours the love of God on us through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit then guides us into all truth and shows us things to come and relates the love of God into us and brings us into a place called vision and destiny that God has created in us before the foundation of the world. And each one of you are divinely formed in, into the image of God. Each one is, a, is an image bearer of the God of the universe, created in his likeness for such a time as this. And for all eternity, he has a, a love relationship built for you. And today I just wanted to share a little bit of that vision. And I don't want us to lose sight. Sometimes we drift a little bit. We lose sight. Matter of fact, that's why I make sure that that vision for the church is always like right there. Now, I see it all the time. But our vision as a church here is to see people saved, healed, set free, equipped, empowered, and to become one in Jesus Christ. Very similar to the Great Commission. Matter of fact, God himself gave us something called the great commission. He wants us to co-labor with him or co-mission with him while we're on this earth. And um, Jesus sent out 70 disciples. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to heal the sick and I want you to raise the dead. Tony, raise the dead. You'll be able to raise the dead. I want you to cleanse the lepers and I want you to cast out demons. And they go into the towns and they come back to Jesus and they're all like, whoa, Man, even the demons are subject to us. And they're all excited about this empowering thing that God had done on them, Jesus had done on them. And Jesus 
was kind of like, and I'm going to paraphrase, he says, yeah, that's good. But even better than that is your name has already been written in heaven. What he was saying to them is, your divine destiny has already been scheduled out for you. And for all eternity, you will live in a love relationship with God because your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. Come on, every one of you that are Christians here, your name has already been written in the Lamb's book of life. Somebody better get happy about that. That's pretty cool. That's good. But then I, I saw a book title that just astounded me, and it says, the name of the book was Live Before You Die. And it was about what you do in this short time when you're on this life. And how many of us want to really live an adventurous life while we're still on this earth before we go home, amen? I, I don't know, do you, do you guys want to do that? I, I would love to do that. And God created us for that. That this isn't some like passing time here that we just got to put up with until he takes us home. But he's, it's an adventure in God. And when God pours his spirit into us, whoa, look out, look out. So I just want to share um, the scripture that talks about what happens when we lose our vision and we lose um, or kind of drift a little bit. And the scripture says this in Proverbs. It says, where there's no vision, the people perish. And I just want to share with you what that word perish means in Hebrew. It means to collapse, to crumble, to crash, to discover disintegrate, to rot, or to dissolve. It's the opposite of revival, renewal, or increase. So when we lose our vision of who we are, here's what starts happening in our lives while we're on this earth. We begin to collapse, crumble, crash, disintegrate, 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 thank you, rot, and dissolve. Mm. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, businesses perish. Where there's no vision, countries perish. Where there's no vision, churches perish. Where there's no vision, families perish. And when there's no vision, because of, we begin to perish, we, get, we lose sight of who we are, and we kind of move outside of the love of God from a place of lack of vision. You know, I work in, with folks that are addicted to alcohol and to drugs and to pornography and, and to all kinds of stuff. But, you know, the real reason why people get addicted to stuff is because they've lost their vision. They have no vision in their life. And because they have no set purpose, no, no destiny that they're, they're going after, no direction in the Holy Spirit to move in, they begin to wallow in this world and, and they get addicted to stuff. And it's not much different than what we've done with our hobbies and with our televisions and with our gaming systems and with our iPhones and iPads and everything. We get addicted to stuff sometimes. And there's nothing wrong with stuff, but if we're not addicted to the love of God, and his purpose and vision for our life, it can cause a little bit of a mess in our lives. Gideon. Story of Gideon. How many know that story? 
the angel of the Lord sent by God says, hey, go get that guy. We're gonna ha- we got something really cool for him. So the angel shows up, and here's Gideon. He's hiding. He's cowering in this little wine press. He's trying to get enough food to feed his family. And he sees himself hiding from the Midianites because, after all, the Midianites are going to steal everything. You know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's hiding in there trying to just get by. He's, he's part of Israel. He's got a destiny. He knows he's part of God's people. But he's hiding. He's trying to get by because, after all, the enemy's been just stealing and killing and destroying. And the angel shows up to him and says this. Neil, he says this. Almighty man of valor. To Gideon. And Gideon's like, who are you talking to? I, my tribe is the least of all the tribes. And of that, I am the least person in all of that tribe. Come on, do you ever feel that way sometimes? Do you ever feel like the enemy's just kind of got you down? No, none of you have. I know that because you, you got your vision and everything. But there's people out here that actually outside these doors that think that way and feel that way. And God says, I want you to see yourself as I see you. Not as what the world defines you as. And not what you think in your own mind as the enemy's been killing, stealing, and destroying. So Gideon begins to get the picture of who he is in God. And we all know the story. With 300 men, he destroys the Midianites, an army of thousands. Superhero type stuff, you know? Stuff we see on TV and we say, whoa, look at that superhero. But yet Gideon in his own mind was not a superhero. I'm going to tell you, each one of you are born to be superheroes in God. And each one of you have divine destiny that's bigger than you could ever think or desire in your own mind. But some of us are living in this place, um, I think I've used this before, but have you heard the, the Beatles song, Nowhere Man? He's a real nowhere man, sitting in his nowhere land, making all his nowhere plans for doesn't have a point of view. Hmm. Does not know where he's going to. Isn't he a bit like you and me? No, our man, please listen. You don't know what you're missing. No, our man, the world is at your command. He's as blind as he can be. Just sees what he wants to see. Nor man, can you see me? And I could see God saying that. Can you see me? Can you see the vision and purpose I have for you on this earth at this time? You were created for more than where you're at. And you were created for such a time as this by me who thought you out well before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. And I loved you with an everlasting, never-ending love. And I placed you in this earth for such a time as this to be a superhero with me, to become one with me. Matter of fact, I want you to commission with me while you're on this earth. And we read it often, but I want to just read the Great Commission. 
Uh, I'll start in the, the one in Matthew, then I'll go to the, the, the one in that's in uh, Mark. But in Matthew, the Great Commission um, says this. Matthew 28, verse 19. Here's what God is saying to each and every one of us while we're on this earth. Listen. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. The word disciple means make a learner of them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of this age. He's saying, hey, I'm going to be with you while you're on this earth. I'm giving you a mission and a purpose and a vision while you're on this earth. I want you to go and make disciples. Teach people about me. Bring them into my love. Disciple them, train them, love on them. Mark, in the Mark, it says it this way, the Great Commission. Jesus says it this way. Mark 16, verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Now listen, this is, this is what's supposed to be following you all. This is what's supposed to be on you. Listen. And these signs will follow you who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's what God says about you. That's what God says that we're supposed to be doing while we're in this short time on this earth. That's our purpose. That's our destiny. And so when we began to talk several weeks ago about love, it's the love of God that he pours on us. And he brings us into that love of relationship. And Jesus said those are the two great commands, to love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, spirit, strength, you know, everything you got. But then the second one, and Pastor Brenda shared it last week, was to love your neighbor as yourself. And then he commissions us on how to do it through this great commission. So what is your vision and purpose on this life? You're supposed to be sharing this love and making disciples. That's your purpose on this life. It's not sitting in front of a TV. It's not making up sports to go play. It's not to have hobbies that you go and take and do and go hit a uh, something into a little cup somewhere. Um, that's all stuff we made up to keep us busy. Your purpose on this life and in this earth and your vision is to co-mission with him. To bring others into that place of love. That's the whole purpose of why you're still alive and on this earth. And other things that you do are okay as long as they fit into that great commission. If you're doing them and not doing the great commission, we need to have a vision adjustment. That's so cool that the Holy Spirit's been put in us to do that for us. So We need a vision. That, you know, somebody says, well, I, I may have already missed it. Well, let me tell you something. Are you breathing? Then you still have a chance to, to do it. If you're here today and you're breathing, you have a chance to be part of your mission.
There's nobody in here that has sinned too far or gone too far or missed the mark too much. Every single one of you can come back. And a couple weeks ago, I shared some things. Let me review quickly some of those things with you to just get you back on track. I, I know, again, I'm not talking to most of you here. Most of you here are on track. But maybe for me and some other folks, a few of you, you know, sometimes I get going off track. And here's what God said to me. Stop. If I'm getting off track, stop. It's kind of simple. Just stop. Okay. So if I'm getting off track of where I'm supposed to go, stop. That that makes sense to me. I don't know if it does to you all, but it does to me. And then acknowledge that you're going in the wrong direction. Okay, God, I can do that. And then he says this in 1 John 1, 9. If, and I'll put my name in there. Neil, if you confess your sins, I'm going to be faithful and righteous to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The blood of Christ pours on me. And then he says, I want you to repent, which means to turn. And it's not so much turning the word repentance isn't a bad word. All it means is to turn, but a lot of times we, we take that word repent and we turn, but we forget what we're turning to. The biggest issue about repentance is where are you turning to? Are you turning back to Jesus? Are you turning back into the love of God? Because if we just if I'm going in the wrong direction and I stop and I go this way and maybe turn this way, but God's over here, Come on, it's who you turn to. What are you returning to? And one of the things he says is, you know what? You can start afresh. His mercies, it says, are renewed every morning. What a beautiful scripture. What a beautiful thing from our Heavenly Father to say to us. My mercies... My mercies are renewed on you every single morning. Every morning, every day, every minute, he renews. What? That's grace. And he says, just turn back to me and I will renew my mercies on you. Come on, my child, let's get back in tune. I got great destiny and vision for you. Great things for you. You know, a lot of times what we do is we think that I'm going to do my own thing and kind of go get my degree or go to school or I got this thing that I think I'm going to do. And then after we get to the point where we're doing stuff in our life, we say, now I'm going to take God and put him into my goals and my dreams and make it look like this is something that he actually wanted me to do. And many of us get so far off track because we're doing what we want to do and then putting a stamp of approval of God on it for, for our sakes to make it look good instead of saying, I'm taking up my cross daily and I yield this vessel totally to you and what your vision and dream is for me. And how can I bring that great commission to pass, our co-mission together, our co-laboring together? How can this vessel be used for your honor and glory? I yield it to you daily. I take up my cross daily and daily yield this vessel for you to use. I'm telling you, when that happens, when you get to that point in your life, and most of you are, I know, it's like a divine adventure superhero stuff starts happening. I mean, come on, all of a sudden, like, money shows up in your account. Like, how in the world does that happen? 
You can see people get saved and healed and set free. I mean, there's nothing, nothing, nothing greater, I think, than to see somebody come free from an addiction or a stronghold or a hurt, come out of the land of darkness and into his love. And then another thing that happens with a lot of folks, and um, this part's free, but I wasn't going to share it, but we live in the past too much. You know, I don't want to hear about your past unless it's a testimony. Don't be telling me about your past all the time. And don't be talking about it all the time. What is from the, as far as the east is from the west, if that's forgiven, you don't need to be dredging that stuff up and bringing it up. Somebody said to me the other day, why don't we hear about your past? And if it's not in a testimony, you're not going to hear it. Because that's dead. And I'm dead in Christ. And I'm a new creature. New creation, new creature. I don't know if that's a word or not, but <laughs> I'm a new creature in Christ. And so we don't live in the past. We live in him. <laughs> We're an alien. We are aliens. That's good. And so... Don't be bringing up the past all the time unless it's in a testimony to lift up the name of Jesus. Don't live there. Don't go there. If God said, I put it in the deepest sea, then it's gone. Why would you go dredge it up and put it back on yourself? That's sin. Don't do that. You know, if anybody had to be ashamed about his past, it would have been Paul. He was murdering Christians. Killing Christians. And Paul says this in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. But the one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize, for the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. His goal and his purpose was not ever to be living in that place, but to be growing in the upward call that God had in his life, to be pressing towards that vision, that destiny the dream that God had created for him before the foundation of the world. Ooh, hallelujah. Okay, all that was to get us to the lesson today. <laughs> and that is, is that the next thing we need to do after we get ourselves kind of back on track through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, who is our, our guide, who is to take us and get us back into that place, is to take some action to become doers of the word and not hearers only. God loves when we walk step and step with him, when we walk into that place. But it takes getting up and standing instead of sitting there. It, it takes an action. Most of us have good intentions. I do. But I can tell you where my good intentions get me. They don't get me too far. It takes action. That's what gets me moving. You know, the, in Ecclesiastes, I guess I'll read that. It says it this way in Ecclesiastes 7, 8. Better is the end of the thing than the beginning. You may have begun well, but then got off track. But what will be your legacy when you leave this earth? What will be your end when you leave this earth? What are you going to be known for 
when you leave this earth? Are you going to live before you die? What are you known for right now? Because what God has for you is huge and it's big. And he wants to make you known like Gideon in this world. And we've got to get that nasty lie off of us and understand that we're created for greatness in, in God on this earth, not just in heaven. And some of you I can see are looking at me like, well, that might be good for you because you're a pastor or something. And I'm going to tell you that's for everyone. Everyone was created in goodness. Before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, he said he knew you. And here's something that I share a lot, but I just got to keep sharing it because it's just, it gets me. Guess what? Before you ever made a mistake, before you ever had a crisis in your life, before you ever ate those M&Ms, <laughs> God saw you and already made a way for the pastor to take something. No. (laughs) Made a way out. No matter how big or how much of a, a problem has come into your life, no matter if there's a stronghold or an addiction or a, an issue in your life, you are not stuck there because God, before the foundation of the world, sees the future sees your future. He is the great I am. He lives not only in the past and the present, but he lives in the future and he's already given you and made a way out for you. It really bothers me when I hear people say, well, you don't understand. I can't get out of this. You can't get out of it, but with God, you can do all things. There is nothing bigger than God. What, you know what you were saying when we say that? Again, you guys don't say it, but I, can, I sometimes say this and I got to shut my mouth. We look at an issue and we say, this is like impossible. And God's saying, yeah, all right, you got it. It is impossible. And I'm going to take you into places of impossibilities and make you just, come on, let's talk to that mountain. Go in Jesus' name. Be cast into the sea. He wants to take you through the impossible and bring you to the other side. That's who God is. So when you have big issues in your life and you think that, oh, woe is me, maybe God put them there. For you to move them, so you move into impossibility, so you move in your destiny and purpose. Quit whining about the circumstances and look at the circumstances as a way to get closer to God. Every stumbling block really should be looked at as a stepping stone into your destiny. Now, it's hard to do, I know. It's hard for me to do anyway. So, how do we get there? How do we, how do we take action? You know, the word of God says, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, right? And how do we line up with this great commission? And the place that reminds me the most is in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Ephesians chapter 6, if we could, I don't know if they've got that. Oh, they do. And we all know this part of scripture. It's about the armor of God. But I get this picture when I see this, like God saying, hey, guess what? It's my armor, and it's the armor, isn't it the armor of God? Here's, I got some armor for you, and come on, let's go fight some battles together. And guess what? While you're with me, you're indestructible. Come on, let's go do some really superhuman, cool, superhero stuff together. Come on, but this is how you do it, and I want you to get my armor on. And he says it like this to us. He says, 
Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, against the one who steals and kills and destroys. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And this is a key. You're not fighting against your neighbor. You're not fighting against the person down the street. You're not fighting against the Democrat or the Republican or whatever you want. You're fighting against principalities and powers. You've got an enemy and God's saying, hey, put on my armor and come on, we're going to go to battle together. Against, for you do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say this, but it might sound, sound a little slang, but let's go kick some demon butt. I'm sorry. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Then he says again, stand. Don't you see the action? I want you to stand. Get up. Stand. And let me put this armor on you. And when you have this armor on you, I'm going to keep reading. He says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith wow which is able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Wow. So here he's saying, hey, again, you guys probably have been there and you're probably already in the spirit, but he's saying, Neil, hey, come here. Come on, stand. Let's go have some fun together. Let's go kick some demon. Come on. And here, let me, let me dress you up in my armor. Let me make you just like me. This is my armor. And let me put this all on you. And let's go commission together to do some things that are great on this earth. And I see that picture. And we're called to action. And we're called to stand with God. But yet, sometimes we feel disconnected from that. Come on, I, I know that you guys don't, but sometimes I feel disconnected from that a little bit. And I feel I get caught up in the things of this world. And I get caught up into doing all the stuff. And I get a little bit like, oh, but I want to go back to the Old Testament because in the Old Testament, there's the stories there are physical pictures of spiritual realities. So I want to take you to a place that was kind of like that David was commissioned to be the king. But he's um, playing music to soothe the demons that are in Saul. Back then, they didn't cast out demons. Jesus hadn't come yet. So to soothe Saul's demons, David's there playing the harp. Saul gets upset with David for a bunch of reasons, throws a spear at him, and then chases him down trying to kill him. But as David's running, hiding in caves and everything, he begins to gather these people around him. And let me read what happens, what type of people they are. Maybe you think you're downhearted. Maybe you think you're, like, distressed or something. But listen to the type of people that David begins to attract. And it's in 1 Samuel 22, too. It says, 
and everyone who is in distress, everyone who is in debt, none of us have been in debt before, anyone who is disconnected, none of you have been disconnected before, gathered to him, and he became the captain over them. There was about 400 men with him. He began to gather the disconnected, those that were hurting. Come on, when Jesus came on this earth, by his blood, he began to gather the disconnected, the hurting, those that were in debt physically, spiritually, onto himself. And he became our captain. Come on. So this is a picture of Jesus Christ and what he does to us when he calls us out of the world. Here's, here's the cool part, though. A little later on, 2 Samuel 23, they began to be called David's mighty men. Dennis, mighty man of God. Come on, Colleen, mighty woman of God. They began to be called. <laughs> That's you in the New Testament. When we begin to allow Jesus Christ to rule and reign in our heart through his spirit, we become mighty men and women of God. Just like Gideon, almighty oh, man of valor, almighty oh, woman of valor. That's who you are. That's your destiny. So let me read about some of these, these characters. And it really sound, they sound superhuman, but I challenge you that you are to, in your life, have superhuman events happening to you also. So these guys, um, it's in 2 Samuel 23. I'll just read about a few of them. Um, it says that they were actually skilled warriors, it wasn't a big army, but they were tough. They were highly trained. It says that they could go to war with their right hand or their left hand. Wow. They just gave every... That pictures to me of take up your cross and follow me and give everything to me. It doesn't matter, right-handed or left-handed. Jesus Christ flowing through you. Ooh, <laughs> hallelujah. They were proficient with weapons of war. We've been put on, the armor of God's been put on us, right? And they begin to tell the exploits of these superheroes. You know, Rambo would look like a Girl Scout to these guys. Um, one of these men called Adeno, he lifted up a spear against 800 men that he slew at one time. He lifts up a spear and fights 800 men, and he slays them all. Come on, but... In God, how many do we put to flight? A thousand. With God. He only put the flight 800. You're called to put the flight a thousand. You're just more superhuman than he is. Anyway. So he raised up a spirit against 800. He slew them. Abinishai lifted up a spear against 300 men. Not bad. Benanisha. These are some wild words, two names. Slew two lion-like men. These demon lion-like men come at him. So these demon lion-like creatures come at him, and he slays them. And then he, for just to have fun, he also slew a lion in the midst of a pit. And then he slew this Egyptian, this giant Egyptian that came at him. He took the spear away from him, it says, and slew the Egyptian with his own spear. Whew, that's in uh, verses 21 and 22. But my favorite one is Shemana, Shemaha, I should say Shemaha. Shemaha, you get this picture. Here's the Philistines. The army of the Philistines is coming and going to surround this field of beans or this lentil field. 
and all the people run. And this one warrior steps in the center of the field and stands in the armor of God. Hallelujah. Let me read it. Now after him, Shemaha, the son of Agai, the Herite, the Philistines were gathered as a troop. And there was a, a plot of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he took a stand in the midst of that plot, defended it, and struck the Philistines down. And the Lord brought a great victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's in 2 Samuel 23, verses 11 and 12. He strategically stood in the middle of that field. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Four times in that little section of Scripture it says to stand. To stand. To stand in God, in the armor of God. He did what Ephesians is telling us to do. Darkness was surrounding them, coming to still kill, kill, kill and destroy. <clears throat> I know sometimes darkness comes and surrounds us. Are you going to stand, though? Are you going to stand? You've been given the whole armor of God. When you see darkness coming, do you get fearful? Darkness is going to come on each of us. I guarantee it. Because the enemy, that's what he does. It will come to you. Because that's what darkness is. Don't be afraid of darkness. Darkness comes. But the light always dispels darkness. Always. Darkness is going to do what it does. Darkness is going to come. But are you going to be clothed in the armor of God and allow your light to shine and dispel the darkness, not only in your life, but of lives around you? Eleazar, one more, just share with him. Eleazar fought so long in the battle. It says he fought so long in the battle that the sword became stuck to his hand. And they had to pry his hand open to get the sword out. What is the sword? The word of God. And that the word of God so fill us and so become one of us as part of our armor. Mm. The enemy is going to come and assault your life. It's going to happen. He's going to assault your family. And when the going gets tough, what are you going to do? You're going to get assaulted by the enemy on, while you're on this earth. It will happen. Wouldn't it be more fun to kind of be standing in the armor of God and commissioning with God and kind of taking care of some business when the enemy comes and helping others take care of business when the enemy comes? That's who you are. That's what we're supposed to do. You're not to live in the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. What do you do when you face financial difficulty? You may. Or health problems. You may. Or betrayal. I mean... Probably nobody's ever betrayed you yet. 
stay on this earth long enough, it'll happen. When you're abandoned by people or rejected, or when you're in pain, are you going to stand your ground? Are you going to stand your ground? Because these are spiritual attacks. Are you going to stand your ground? Because you will be attacked. Hmm. When the day comes for you to leave this world, I pray, I pray over each of you that they're going to have to pry that sword out of your hand. Come on, that's who you are. That you'll be so filled with the mission and commission of God and the armor of God that they'll have to pry your hand open. That what they say to you that it, they finished well, they finished well. We're all going to die. But did you live before you died? Never give up. Never retreat. Come on. Never give up. Never retreat. It doesn't matter if you got a bad doctor's report. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. What really matters is have you put on the armor of God and are you going to stand against that circumstance? Are you going to stand... Or has the circumstance defeated you and you've said that I am ineffective from God? I'm Gideon. No, not in what he thinks. You're Gideon on what God sees you as a mighty man or woman of valor. Stinking thinking really messes up a lot of Christians. We are in a time of war. And it's time for us to fight for our families to fight for our children, to fight for our neighbors, come on, to fight for our cities, come, and especially our country right now and the mess that it's in. It's time to fight spiritually. And the enemy will come. Darkness will come. But what are we going to do when the darkness comes? You know, I get tired of Christians always complaining about the darkness. Why are we complaining about the darkness instead of standing in the armor of God and bringing the light to the world and dispelling the darkness? That's what you were put here for. We're not here to complain about it. We're here to do something about it. Or else he would have saved you and taken you home. This life is a great adventure in God. Each of you are called into superhuman stuff by the power of God in you. Because we're not human anymore. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, around verses 20 through 22, I believe it is. Paul's looking at him and he says, I'll say it to Linda. Linda, why are you acting like a mere human? We're not mere humans anymore. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We've been bought by the blood of Christ. We are co-laborers with God we are joint heirs with Christ and heirs of God. We are part of the family of God and we become part of the supernatural and our job is to bring heaven to earth. Didn't we sing that? It's one thing to sing and it's another thing to know that that's what you're to do. So let's get back. Let's just get back to where the simple stuff. And the simple stuff is as long as you're on this earth, you're co-missioning and co-laboring with God. 
and you have a purpose and a plan. Some of you just need to get up from that TV. Some of you just need to get up from those gaming systems. You know, isn't it cool that all the great things you can do on a gaming system? But you know, you were called to really do that in your life, not play it on a game. Oh, I killed thousands of people on my game. How many thousands of demons were you called to kill in the name of God? But you don't understand what I've been through. I've been hurt. I've been molested. I've been beaten. I've been this. I've been that. Yes, it hurts. But the blood of Jesus washes us from that and cleanses us from that and takes us and puts us in a position that says, whatever was in your past, I've washed it away from you. Come with me. Let's go on a great adventure. You know, we even create amusement parks. Think about that for a minute. We create amusement parks. Why? Because we need to be amused. I want to tell you the greatest amusement that you'll ever have, the greatest laughter, the greatest joy you're going to ever have, the greatest adventure, there's no high like the most high. And there's nothing greater than walking in your purpose and destiny in God. Let's all stand. If I could have, uh, Amy, could you come up and begin to play quietly? You have been created for a purpose on this earth. There is vision on you from God. There's destiny on you from God. And God loves you so much that he came out of heaven's glory to die in your place so that you could have that not just in heaven, And not just for eternity then, but he's saying, hey, come on. Come on with me. Let's do great things. Let's do great and mighty things. Come on. You and I together. There's nothing that can defeat us together. Come on. Put on my armor and let's go to war. Let's go to war spiritually. Come on. I see those children that are hurting. I see that family next to you that is hurting. I see those things happening. I see those, I don't know what's going on with that, but I see those things happening in your life and around you. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? 